Father in heaven, thank you so much for your goodness and for your grace and for giving us the opportunity to be co-laborers with you. Uh, Lord, we don't deserve this. And we are insufficient for the task. But I pray, Lord, that through your Holy Spirit, you would empower us to be reflective of you, to be the people you've called us to be, and to faithfully carry out your work and to help to hasten your coming. I pray that this morning, as I share this story, that you would um, speak through me and that it would be an encouragement to somebody and that you would help us to be more committed to your work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So oral and maxillofacial surgery is a specialty of dentistry that is a little bit more like medicine, especially when you're in residency. Um, We admit patients to the hospital, we take them to the operating room, take care of them as they recover, um, as well as run an inpatient uh, consulting service for the hospital, both covering odontogenic infections, which is any type of infection that arises from the teeth, which can include small abscesses inside the mouth, large abscesses in the neck, in the face, and the head, uh, as well as um, covering maxillofacial trauma, which is basically any trauma that occurs to the face um, all the way up to the scalp. So it's a a wide departure from general dentistry. Uh, And nobody in in dental school will teach you how to put in an NG tube, how to replete electrolytes, how to stitch somebody's ear back on, or anything like that. So needless to say, it's it's a a huge jump to go from being a dental student to being an OMFS, uh, as it is known for short, intern. However, there's... Something that stands in the way between most uh, would-be applicants to oral maxillofacial surgery and actually getting into specialty, and that thing is known as the CBSC. It's called the Comprehensive Basic Science Examination. It's basically a shortened version of step one for medicine, uh, covering all the same topics, and it would be pretty accurate to say that it strikes fear in the hearts of most people that think of applying to oral maxillofacial surgery because you have to study and master many topics that you don't learn in dental school. Uh, And despite the fact that that stands in the way, even if you do take the exam, uh, many people who, who don't get the score that they want on that exam end up repeating multiple years after dental school of non-categorical internships, which is basically one-year programs where you're doing oral maxillofacial surgery as a resident, but you're not in a track that leads to a certificate. certificate. And so many people will end up doing one or two or three of these years before they finally match. So this was the world that I stepped into uh, two years ago as a slightly naive fourth-year dental student. I took the CBSE for the first time only th- with only three months of preparation uh, during a very busy time of dental school where it didn't make sense to study for and take that exam. Uh, and then uh, my, my score reflected that fact. Um, then, uh, and even the story of how I ended up deciding on oral maxillofacial surgery, that's, that's the story for another day. But needless to say, I didn't see that as something that I thought God would be calling me into until late in the game, so halfway through or partway through my fourth year of dental school. Then, uh, about a week before graduation, I ended up uh, getting accepted into one of these one-year non-categorical internships, uh, which was... Uh, a wonderful blessing, but it was also not the best of timing either because that didn't make for a very smooth transition from dental school straight into into internship. 
And so when I started my internship in July of 2018, uh, I had a plan in mind. I had graduated from Loma University. I had a, a mission-minded outset, and I wanted to go back to that institution for my training. Uh, but I was also open to, open to applying to multiple different residencies. There's about 60-something of them across the country. So I was open to applying to different places and seeing what might be out there. But I was so intent on wanting to go back to my alma mater that before I even started my internship, I scheduled a week long of, of shadowing back in California uh, in the department as a way of increasing my chances of matching there. And for those who aren't familiar, I assume most people in this room are familiar with how a match works. Uh, but basically, a match is when you're applying for a position, uh, you interview in multiple different places, if they give you an interview, and then at the end of that season of interviews, you have to submit a, a, a list of, of your ranking, of where you would like to go first, and then each program that you've interviewed at also submits their own list of who they want to possibly match into their program, and then a computer puts those two things together, and if there's a match, then you go to that program. Uh, it's a little bit nerve-wracking, to say the least. So when, I, so when I started back to July of 2018, I started my internship. My plan was to study for the CBSC again, bump up my score, get a more competitive score, apply to, I was thinking about four or five well-selected programs um, that fit my interests, uh, and then see what happens. Now, most people were saying you should apply to 30 or 40 programs. Uh, so my, my perspective was a little bit different from, from most. So I started the internship. Um, it was very demanding. Uh, I was living about 30 minutes away from there, so I was commuting back and forth every day. And the work days were at least 12 hours or more. So I didn't leave too much time for studying. And I realized quickly that this was not going to be uh, as easy as I'd hoped. Well, the CBSC is offered only twice a year, and so that year it was offered in August. So I did the best that I could, studied for the exam, took the exam, and uh, when I got my results, it was exactly the same score that I'd gotten the first time, which was discouraging. Uh, pretty discouraging because that score was not a competitive score. It was not um, anywhere close to what you would want if you were trying to match into a, 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 a competitive program, especially uh, one that there, there's two different types of programs. There's four-year programs, six-year programs, and at the time, uh, Loma Linda was only offering the six-year program, and those tend to be a little bit more competitive to get into. So when I got my score, I didn't quite know what to think, uh, and I was pretty discouraged. I remember texting uh, one of my mentors, who's sitting right here in the front, Carlos, and uh, I said, hey, I got this score, and it's exactly the same score that I got the first time. And I remember he told me, don't let that get you down, keep working hard, and if you match, you match. If you don't match, then you just have a decision to make at the end of the year. And I liked that perspective, and so I kept working hard. Well, my four to five uh, idea of applying to four to five different programs got whittled down to two, as I realized that my chances of matching anywhere were pretty slim, and so I didn't want to spend a lot of money on going to interview at places where, first of all, I may not even get an interview, and second of all, I didn't have a good chance of matching. And uh, I, so I applied to these two programs and um, waited. And waited. And it turns out that I found out 
that the uh, my second choice, uh, they offered me an interview, which was great. Uh, but it was going to be the exact same week that I was going to be gone, shadowing uh, out in California. And that was a little bit unexpected, because that means that if I forego that interview, then I only have one potential interview. And at that point, I didn't even have an interview. So I had to decide, do I go with what is sure, that I'll at least have an interview here at this place that was not my first choice, or the potential of getting an interview um, at this other place. I decided to go with the potential. And uh, they graciously said they would reschedule my, my interview at my second choice, and that was nice of them. And I continued to wait, um, hoping all this time that I would get an interview invitation, because you can't uh, match into a program you don't interview at. Well, as it turns out, time went on, and it was the week before I was going to be going out to California foreshadowing. Everyone else that I knew of that had applied to that program had already gotten an interview invitation. And so at that point, I realized, I'm probably not going to get an interview, but I'm still going to go. And what does this all mean? Interestingly, at that same time, I was also preparing a sermon to preach that weekend. Um, And it was uh, in the middle of October, and so it was a fitting time to be thinking about the Great Disappointment. And the topic that I'd felt led to... (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean it that way. (laughs) But it was a good time to think about um, what had happened in 1844. And to reflect on on what the believers went through at that time as they were preparing for Jesus' coming. And how they had to sacrifice everything that they wanted and all their plans for the prospect of Christ's return. And as I was preparing the sermon, it was challenging me deeply because I realized that I was also being called to think about why am I doing what I'm doing? Why did I feel led to do oral maxillofacial surgery anyway? It was because of the call of the mission field and the needs that exist in the world that I felt God might be giving me the opportunity to help fill. And I had to put in in perspective what's the most important thing is... Christ and his coming the most important thing, or am I getting to do exactly what I want to do? Well, um, I got to California. I preached the sermon. It was the hardest sermon I have ever preached. um, And started the week. And I didn't know what was going to come out of that week. I, I was there. I found out the interviews were going to be exactly the week after my being there. And that was totally unplanned by me. And, um... I just put it in God's hands. As the week progressed, through more convoluted ways than it would be able for me to explain right now, person after person found out about my situation and went behind the scenes and did things so that I got an opportunity to be considered for an interview. And this was Thursday uh, of that week, and interviews were Monday. And um, there was one thing that was standing in the way that my, my, as I found out, my score on this exam had been one point lower than the minimum required. So it was, and this is one point lower than the minimum, not than the recommended. So this was not a situation where it was even high chances that I would have, an, have a chance. Um, but 
they were willing to consider my application. So they forwarded it on to the people that had to make the final decision as to whether they'd apply, uh, as to whether they would accept my application or not. And lo and behold, that Friday morning, I got a call saying, your application was accepted, you'll get an interview, which was amazing. But that was not the end of the story. Interviews happened, six interviews in total uh, for that one spot. Uh, there were 12 of us that interviewed that day, or those two days. And I was fully cognizant of the fact that I was the least qualified to be there um, because I was the one that was added on at the last. Um, but again, it was hard to deny the fact that God had worked in, in an unexplainable way that I was even there interviewing. Interviews went well, thank the Lord, and then began the three-month wait uh, I returned back to, to work um, on the other side of the country. And, of course, people had questions and people had their own um, recommendations. Uh, I remember somebody told me that uh, if I only applied to where I'd applied to, that I was crazy because the chances of my matching were very slim and it didn't make any logical sense to do what I was doing. Um, many people said, you know, it's better to match into anywhere than not to match. But that's not quite how I felt. I, I, I felt convicted and, and just led to, to do what I had done and to approach it the way I'd approached it. And so three months went by, um, a difficult three months, but yet also a, an expectant three months as I was waiting to see what God would do. And during that time, um, I would love to say that I was full of faith and confident that God was going to work out things uh, for his glory and in the best way, but there were many times that I doubted and, and worried about what was going to happen. Um, but on the outside, I tried to, to show that I, was, that I was trusting God. And I was working in a secular setting that year. Um, not many, actually almost no other practicing Christians around me in my work. And um, people saw what was going on. Um, they obviously could see that I wasn't going to many interviews like everyone else was. And, um, of course, like I said, people, people had their opinions. Um, one person in a position of authority told me it would take a miracle for you to match this year. Um, and I agreed, it would take a miracle. Well, match day came around um, January, I think it was January 28th of this year. And that morning, went to work early, like usual, and um, there were four of us that were, that were applying uh, to, to residency positions that year. And I remember I texted my colleagues and uh, said, hey, would you guys be open to having a prayer together this morning? Again, this is a secular setting. Everyone was willing. And so we met that morning in the, in the hospital chapel, and... Uh, the air was tense, of course. Um, there was the expectancy that within one to two hours we would be finding out either wonderful news or devastating news. Um, <clears throat> and I remember everyone kind of turned to me, since I was the one who had suggested that we pray. And we prayed, and I prayed that morning that God would be with us despite whatever happened. And um, left it in his hands. Well, about an hour later... Um, something popped up in my email and I was almost afraid to open it uh, all the anticipation of what was going to happen 
when I opened it, uh, it said, congratulations, you have matched. And the, the miracle of that was not only that I had matched, I had matched into a program that was way beyond what I thought was capable of, of happening. And during that day, because everybody had known that I shouldn't have matched, um, I had full license to give glory to God whenever people said congratulations. I could say, this is a miracle. Thank God this happened. And I remember a couple of people, um, one person who, who had told me in no uncertain terms that I was not with it um, before, <laughs> when I told them, uh, or rather when they saw me, they said, congratulations, I heard you matched. I said, well, uh, I believe that God did a miracle for me to match. And their response was somewhat surprising because this was not somebody that I would thought would have had faith. They said, I believe in miracles. And it was an opportunity to show the power of God um, through a difficult time. And I don't even know all that has, has come out of that and will continue to come out of that um, in the lives of those people that were watching. But I know that in my life, it was a reminder that God has a plan even when I might not see that plan. And this morning, as we think about what it means for Christ to be in us, I want to appeal to you to remember that Christ being in us is not always just for our benefit, but that it's for the benefit of those around us. And sometimes when we're going through circumstances that we don't understand, God has a reason beyond it. I'm reminded of what it says in the book of Job, chapter 19, verse 23. Job was going through the worst time of his life, and he said, Oh, that my words were now written. Oh, that they were printed in a book. He had no idea that his words were going to be an inspiration for millions of the unfallen worlds and of us human beings who go through similar situations. So this morning, I just want to encourage you that as we think about what it means for Christ to be in us, let's remember the broad perspective that God has a plan for us despite whatever it is that we may be going through, and that his plan includes not only blessing us, but also blessing those around us and inspiring them to have faith in him as well. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.